Pascal Smith, a director at Sherpa Marketing, and in this series of podcasts, we will be talking to vendors, partners, and disties, exploring trends and challenges in the channel space, and the steps those organizations are taking to transform the channel to drive more visibility and value. If you would like to learn more about transforming your channel, please visit us at www.sherpamarketing.co.uk forward slash channel transformation. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. Um, This is actually our inaugural podcast for Sherpa. And in this series, we're going to be talking to some of the movers and shakers in channel marketing about how organizations are working with their business partners and how this space is evolving around us. And so today I'm here with our our first mover and shaker, which is Ashley Ald from Sonotype. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you for sharing the mic with me today. Thank you for having me. Um, So just to give a bit of background, and Ashley, I'm sure you'll correct me if I've got any of this wrong. um, Sonotype, many of whom will be familiar with their platform Nexus, um, is, especially if you've got a software or DevOps background, um, it's, it's an open source platform which ultimately allows organizations to op- optimize their dev environment. Is that, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's the whole continuous integration and CD pipeline management. So at Sonotype, as you said, we've got the open source governance platform. Any developer out there will know it as Nexus. So our CTO, Brian Fox, um, originally founded um, Apache Maven, then created the Nexus repository, and thousands and thousands of companies will be using um, will be using that repo. So we essentially help enterprise organisations and just make sure that they can develop software at a speed that keeps them innovative and up with the competition, but also ensures that your software is safe, it's secure, and it's not containing any vulnerabilities, as you definitely don't want to be the number one person on the press at the moment with uh, hacking due to open source. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, what, what, what is your role at Sonotype? So I look after all of our international channel marketing. Okay. Um, So from a partner and um, tech side, we've got our team in the US, um, so we've got a couple of channel managers, but we've also got our strategic partner alliance managers out there. So they will do a lot of the big global system integrator relationships, they'll do a lot of the technology relationships where we complement each other's software and have integrations, um, and we'll obviously target the same audiences. I look after more of the, especially around EMEA, um, the resellers, your, your typical old school channel marketing uh, ecosystem. Okay, um, and we're talking about kind of old school channel ecosystem, but a very kind of modern, cutting edge technology. Yes. Um, how? How? <laughs> what is the importance of kind of your channel partners and your business partners to to the organisation to Sonotype? So it's huge. Um, As an organization that that do sell direct as well as uh, through partners, um, the US is still far more direct than we are. It's a different landscape, whereas Amir is a much more mature um, region now. Um, Partners are absolutely key for us. In the Amir region, they transact 40% of um, our revenue. And I think all vendors' approaches to channel partnerships need to be put in partners first as they're the real asset to your business um, if you enable them properly. Um, I think there's a big shift from when I was doing channel four or five years ago where it's not just traditional resellers, 
It's a much broader picture and you need to be thinking of the whole ecosystem and actually embracing where people fit into that. So Ashley, what have been the biggest kind of developments that you've seen in Channel this year? Um, so I think it's changed a lot over the last five years, definitely. Um, the channel's developed in that you used to have just one vendor with a couple of products, perhaps services, maybe using one distributor that would go out to a handful of resellers, depending on the region, the market maturity. And technology, software and licensing used to be a much easier transactional sale. Um, and partners used to be able to commoditize that, whereas now the market's become so saturated with both vendors and partners. The channels had to become a lot more agile in their approach to the buyers. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think we're seeing the partners who have more sophisticated marketing programs themselves and customer success programs themselves are the ones that are actually adopting changes but actually being listened to. And they're the more successful players in reflecting their business growth. Okay, so how how do you kind of adapt your channel approach when you're dealing with kind of enabling these partners or running marketing with these partners that have quite a varied level of sophistication from those that are very sophisticated to ones that are yet to kind of go on that journey of, of, of developing better marketing skills? Um, I think I've worked both reseller in the past and vendor, so mm. I can appreciate what it's like to work for a very small reseller where you're trying your hardest to grow your business, you're a small fish in a big pond against the, the big VARs, the big GSIs. And so I can empathize with companies, whether they are just small resellers and they're, they're trying to get in front of different people or whether it's your large um, system integrators where they are working on large million dollar contracts and, and you're approaching it that way. So I think it's just looking at each um, case differently and that's from going back to like being agile and being able to adopt different um, perspectives if you're you tailor your strategy to the people that are sat in front of you and at the end of the day anyone that wants to go and sell your product and brand why would you not listen to them mm. so actually as a US headquartered organization um, and you are kind of looking after things internationally how do you deal with the chan uh, the challenges of kind of taking US centric marketing plans program objectives and applying them regionally um, great question so we have a fantastic team in the US um, we have a very hard sales driven team and obviously we're all working to, to pipeline a customer success metrics um, and essentially the revenue at the end of the day. Um, so there are some hard hard targets um, to achieve. We've got a great team in the US who are targeted by MQLs, um, what opportunities that they bring in and how product marketing fits in that over the whole landscape to get in front of the right audiences. Um, but we invest a lot of money into the marketing, into the technology that we use. Um, and then coming over internationally, obviously we can leverage everything that they're doing in the US. We get a lot of support from them. Um, but from a partner side, um, the partner market is a lot more mature in Europe um, and, and EMEA, um, just because I think it's, a, it's the way people transact over here. They tend to have um, their own IT or software companies that work for them. Um, whereas the US, it's a lot more direct. So okay. it's just bringing everything they give us, but actually then working those relationships and the strategic alliances to then grow it here 
make sure we're hitting our numbers and then hopefully catch up with the US numbers before we overtake them. Before you overtake them, brilliant. And, um, and so the, the market over here is a little bit more evolved and advanced. Do you find a lot of partners are starting to create their own technology um, specifically to integrate with your platform and does that kind of change somewhat the route to market for you guys, both direct and indirect? No, absolutely. Um, we've got a few partners who have built their own integrations. So um, resellers have looked at actually spending the money and, and bringing in their own people to actually write those integrations. So Emirasoft, our Italian partner, um, very self-sufficient. They've just created an integration um, with F5 web application firewalls, um, which means that every time they're then going out to do an F5 sale, they can or deployment, they can obviously then be adding Sonotype in as that added uh, added value to the client, um, which is obviously a win-win for us and it's a win-win for them. So I think that's definitely as partners are realising they need to be broadening how they look at projects when they're going in and making sure it is a full digital transformation project and looking at it from each opportunity that they can and they'll be the ones that succeed more. Yeah. And are you doing that in the direct space as well? You're realizing in a direct sale process that actually you have a partner that he can help support with some custom things that they've made. Absolutely. And and it applies to things like frameworks as well. So I always encourage any um, resellers, especially if you're working in like specific verticals such as um, government, um, public sector, if you can get on the right frameworks that people like the NHS will support or the MOD will support, then at least you know we can transact through them. So mm -hmm. the chances are if we can't do that ourselves, we'll always push the work through the partner. What we find a lot of our clients struggling with is actually the nature of, of how technology is changing. Mm -hmm. um, just because it isn't distinct products anymore, you know, and you've not got obvious categories of partner you've got so many different ways in which you know you can take two products two propositions to market it could be two products that work together on the same platform it could be a massive piece of technology you know more traditional massive piece of technology with a with someone kind of servicing it and implementing it that, but it can be everything in between as well and i think that's that's the struggle that um, a lot of our more traditional vendors have found. Mm. Um, but, you know, Sonotype or, and Nexus platform is, is really kind of cutting edge technology. So in theory, you shouldn't have those challenges. Would you, would you say that was um, correct? I completely agree with you from the technology landscape. I think um, there's a new product service proposition being launched every week at the moment. You look at how many startups there are in, in every key city in the world. Um, and it's also how you educate the end user in in any business, the resellers, the, the partners and the vendors. Um, because the end users are the ones that are being contacted every single day from a different company. Um, trying to be targeted, especially if you're in kind of the top FTSE 500 where it's you're on that key target list. Um, so I think, yeah, I completely agree where it's, um, it's changing. 
Um, and I think partners just need to start thinking outside the box. They need to start thinking of new things to do. Like, gone are the days where it's just, let's host a breakfast briefing uh, for 12 people. And I think the biggest thing that that partners generally struggle with is getting bums on seats. Mm. Um, So anytime we do a partner campaign for an event, if it's um, one that we're hosting with with the channel, um, I'd always recommend trying to do it with three partners rather than just uh, two, because three times the effort at a third of the cost is always um, nicer. And if you're complementary partners, you make that work together and collaboration is key. I think that's what a lot of people need to stop worrying um, about collaborating because, um, what am I trying to say, because of like the lack of the results that will come and think of it more as three times the effort is three times the results, but you need to have that aligned follow-up so that you're working on it together as a team. Yeah, it's they've got to move away from that kind of, they're going to cannibalise our opportunities into kind of one plus one equals three. Yeah. But then it's it's so difficult, and I think that aligned follow-up is really key. It's, you know, we can all sit here and go, in theory, that's the best way to do it, but actually it's really complicated to yeah. have organisations marketing together, selling together, nurturing together. Um, and know, know your community because the DevOps community is fantastic. Um, like I say, you've, st- you've got the DevOps side, you've got the security side. The DevOps community, I mean, so we do, we do the all-day DevOps um, event. We get probably going to get, I think it's 100 speakers in a 24-hour time slot. And that's talking all different areas around, around the industry, around what's hot at the moment. It'll be customers speaking, it will be partners speaking. So we give them the opportunity to speak on our platform. Um, and we've got 20,000 registered already wow. for November. Um, that will probably be 30,000 by the time it happens. We do all day DevOps parties where we'll just throw out some free pizza and beer to all of their developers. And it's, it's the community that are talking about your products, that are using your products. And then you need to appreciate that just going after the C-level people in every company, you're not going to get in front of the C-level of every company. But if you work it from both ways, bottom up and, and top down, it's coming up with that overall plan. And like I say, just think outside the box. Think of how you can build your own brand as a, as a partner as much as a vendor with your community and with, with your end users to actually make them start forethinking of you before they're even, before you're at the buying process. Yeah. Um, and customers, or like if you can get customer speakers, always, always look after your customers because they're your advocates, they're the ones that can influence peers, um, and they're the ones that, like our most successful events with partners are the ones. Um, so we do our DevSecOps leadership forums. Mm. They're the most successful events, both with partners and direct that we do. We'll always have four people. One will be community focused, so, and it will, Again, there's no sales pitch in there. It's all about what they're working on on DevOps at the moment. Then we might have a CISO from one of the banks who's talking about you can actually develop this quickly, um, yeah. but just have the right me- metrics and measures in place. Um, and then we might have uh, someone from another customer that's just telling their DevOps pains and what they've been through. And it's a very intimate setting, normally about 30 to 40 at each event. Um, and a lot of our partners are actually realizing the value in that now yeah. of actually 
it's not a sales pitch it's embracing the actual industry and people embrace yeah. the people that are around you people don't want to be sold to no they don't and particularly in an environment where there are so many options for consumers that kind of reference that recommendation yes. now starts to stand out and we see that a lot in buyers that's kind of one of the key go-to's in terms of what they're looking for when they're buying is you know how do how well does this review kind of who's recommending it and can I can I see myself kind of in a similar position and I think I think people are buying more like that now than just looking at a Ghana report and just looking at um, the reports obviously your big analysts still have that that crucial part especially in your your top enterprise organizations but people listen to people that are in the same positions as them and it might be very senior C-level people that are assessing your top analyst reports, but it's the people that are having that pain every day and dealing with that in the office that just need a solution mm. and are obviously then looking at their budget. So if they can relate to you and to your customers and to the peers that, that you're bringing to that, that's huge. Yeah. And, and you're right, I think a lot of people are focused on you know, wanting a conversation with someone in the C-suite and they think that's the only route to selling you know, a product. And, and so it takes kind of some you know, a, a evolved marketing mindset to realise that's not necessarily the case. How are you helping your partners kind of evolve their marketing? What specific things have you got planned in the next year to kind of help partners understand the real nature of marketing in today's world? Um, so we've got some very good um, metrics and obviously marketing you've got the art you've got the strategic science side um, as a job obviously I'm very much measured on the pipeline that's generated and, and how we work with partners but you still need that relationship so the fa favorite part of my job is when you're first sitting down and it's the planning it's the right how are we going to get in front of these people what are we going to do to do it how much is it going to cost us and what are we going to generate back from this that's the fun side of it and that's what marketers should love um about their jobs and and then it's working that story around it but making sure everybody's accountable in that mm. um but like i say no idea is a stupid idea and no one should ever ever worry about just having that brainstorm and, and understanding how if we all work together properly you can make sure that that those events do happen um, I think like when I say about like the DevOps leadership forums they're not easy events to run and it's not easy to get 40 people in that so it's sitting down with a partner actually account mapping okay who are we both working with who do we want to get in front of um, but actually looking at six or seven different people within that business, not um, just the C-level, as, as you said. Um, and I think it's something like you now need to get in front of seven people in a company um, for them to actually get past inertia and start recognising your brand. So it's how you just tap into those different parts. And you need a six-month plan. You can't just, you can't just do a six-week campaign expect to get in front of people with a few emails and a webinar and for them to then go and buy a half million pound project off of you it's yes. it's the whole picture and it's nurturing it and it's making sure that customer success is there afterwards um and never ever forgetting about about your customers because they're the ones that are going to be renewing they're the ones that are going to be talking about your brand as well and and potentially going off to other companies taking your brand with them exactly um, so 
what you're describing doesn't sound like traditional channel marketing, which, no. No, <laughs> it's, which is really refreshing to hear. It's not a quarterly thing that needs to generate no. revenue that quarter. It sounds more... It sounds more like channel account-based marketing, really. Is that... That's what we're trying to do. Right. So so our channel team in EMEA, uh, we've been working very hard over the summer on the new partner programme. Um, and we're trying to veer away from that. You're going to be put into a box. And this is, the t- this is what you are, whether it's the gold, silver, bronze model that a lot of people have or um, transactional, etc. But actually looking at who we think strategically that we know will commit to a sales and marketing plan that we do communicate with every day like every week and i mean gone are the days where you do just sit in a quarterly business review at the end of the month and you assess where you are and you might have had one email campaign go out and i have most of my partners on whatsapp i have most of my partners on slack and when i joined this role I got fed up with just sending the same email out to everyone. And I just said to them, like, how is the best way for me to communicate with you? You tell me the channel and I will do it. So I've got my Italian partners in on Skype, my Russian and South African partners on WhatsApp, my Spanish partners on Slack. And it's and I know that I can just ping them messages and say, doing this, this and this, do you fancy it? Um, we might be funding something or we might be doing a field event that I could do a dinner off the back of where I know we've got hot prospects. Um, so I'll just ping them online and just say, look, we're at this event anyway. All of the sales team are going to be there. Um, I've got some budget. Do you fancy having a dinner? We'll have a um, quick talk, intimate setting, and then invite these people along. It's those ad hoc ideas that generate more sometimes than the actual longevity campaigns that you've sat in a boardroom thinking about for months and and finally executed. It's sometimes just the last minute ad hoc ones. And the same where partners will do the same. They'll just come to me with ideas and it's like, I'm very, very open-minded with all ideas. Look at it from lots of different views of what it means from a brand perspective, what it means from a lead gen perspective and what it means for us as well from a relationship perspective. Mm. Because if you've got partners that are talking about you and have um, the the goodwill in what they're doing. And sometimes they pay for events and don't ask for anything from the vendor as well. And it's just being very open-minded and not judging anything until you've tried it. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a really kind of agile and, um, you know, kind of culture here around channel marketing, which yes. is which is great, but a little bit of bravery required as well, I imagine. Yeah, of course. And at the end of the day, I have to report back to my... <laughs> My nice boss, and she has to report to our lovely US team. So obviously, we still have to take results, and, and pipeline is key. Um, but it's just deciding every day you might be taking a different walk together. It sounds like you've got a great channel kind of relationship. Yeah, Would you be able to scale that up, or are you? you your phone must be like pinging a lot if you've got. My phone's always pinging. My phone's always on silent. <laughs> <laughs> Because of the time zones and who you're working with, um, yeah, my phone's always on silent, but my WhatsApp's always open on my um, laptop. So oh, right. the amount of personal contacts that they message you, and I'm oh, like, really? we know that you're on WhatsApp, but you haven't replied to us. And I'm like, no, it's because I have all my partners open on the same day. They must love um, working with you. Um, I think it's whatever you make of it. It's people work with people and I've always, like I say, I've always been very transparent. I've always done what I say I'm going to do. Um, and I'm 
I work with partners how I would want someone to work with me, which is just being very honest and making sure their efforts are recognised internally as a vendor as well as um, what we're trying to get from them. Um, And I think it's like the giver's get, isn't it? A giver's gain um, really works with that and that's what more salespeople need to appreciate. Mm. And that's salespeople in vendors and in partners. Yeah. It, it's it's both. It's yeah, sales. <laughs> sales in general. Well, I think, you know, and I think that's where it's all kind of trying to move to, right? You've got account-based marketing, you've got performance marketing, you've got kind of North Star metrics, but it's all s- things under the same banner, really. It's mm-hmm. about trying to, I don't know, change the marketing and sales organisation so that they actually are reflecting how people buy. Because yeah. currently they're just massively siloed, aren't they? Yeah, and hugely. That's where some partners are, have a massive advantage because they don't have huge teams. You literally have the salesperson sat across from the marketing person so they can align, right? They're literally in the same place. Okay, well, thank you very much. Ashley, it's been a great pleasure to have you. No, thanks for having today. me. Um, and it's great to hear your very refreshing, very different... Uh, take on on channel marketing so thank you very much no thank you thank you for listening please visit our website sherpamarketing.co.uk or view the episode notes if you would like to learn more about transforming your channel marketing